Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. The Mueller report exonerates President Trump on collusion, lets him off the hook on obstruction, and generally melts down the entire media. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Oh, day of days. It finally arrived over the weekend. The summary from Attorney General Barr about the Mueller report. We will get into all of that in just one second. First, let's talk about how you stay fit. So I'll tell you this. My wife does not have time to go to the gym. I mean, she's working incredibly long hours because, as you know, she is a doctor. And that means that at night, we work out together. How do we work out? Well, we use a system called OpenFit. OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. It really is spectacular. Everybody's bodies are different. OpenFit gets that, which is why it is personalized to your needs with custom-tailored original content. They've got amazing trainers and classes. They've got classes led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. You can sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers. She's founder of the worldwide ex- sensation Extend Barre. Or you can get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. It is super simple because you can work out on your schedule. You can simply do it on demand. You can access it anywhere, anytime. So when I'm on the road, I use OpenFit as well. And there are results you can see. You can lose up to 15 pounds in the first 30 days if you really go for it. Flatten those abs, shape your body, look and feel great. I love OpenFit. I use some of it over the weekend myself. And again, my wife's been using it all the time. It's really fantastic. OpenFit changes the way you work out. With my code Shapiro, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized for you. Again, use code Shapiro and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life right now. During the OpenFit 30-day challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial. So you can try it right now where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text Shapiro to 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit, totally free. Again, just text Shapiro to 303030 and give it a try for an extended 30-day free trial. It's awesome. Check out OpenFit. Get in shape. It's really, I can't recommend it more highly. Okay, so last Friday after my show, the Mueller report essentially broke in the media. At least the top line of the Mueller report broke in the media. No new indictments. And then over the weekend, we found out from Attorney General Barr, William Barr, that not only would there be no indictments, there was no evidence of collusion and that President Trump was not going to be indicted on obstruction, that there was no clear evidence of obstruction. We're going to get to Barr's report in just one second. But first, I need to remind you where we came from, how we got here, because it's been two long years. I feel like the old lady at the end of Titanic. It's been 84 years. It's been two long years since we started this whole debacle with the claim that President Trump was in cahoots with the Russians, was working hand in glove with Vladimir Putin in order to skew the results of the 2016 election, that he and his campaign had been working with Putin in order to hack the DNC, reveal the emails, 
come after Hillary Clinton and generally destroy electoral democracy in the United States. And this was the constantly repeated refrain. For two years, CNN ran with this. For two years, MSNBC ran with this. For two years, The Washington Post and The New York Times and everybody ran with this. The Democrats made it their talking point. It was their chief talking point that President Trump was not actually the legitimate president of the United States. Instead, he had been installed by Russian fiat through nefarious means. Hillary Clinton was the actual real president of the United States. So here is just a quick montage of some of the members of the media and Democrats claiming that President Trump was guilty of the gravest sort of treason. There are indictments in this president's future. That's a bombshell. The bombshell. This bombshell. Drop the bombshell. Bombshell accusation. Bombshell accusation. And at that point, we are in high crimes and misdemeanor, and we are in impeachment territory. Right. This president needs to be impeached. Impeachment is the remedy. I mean, the president can't. It's the only remedy. There's outright treason. I mean, there is no question. I think he's feeling the noose around his neck. The the noose is tightening. And I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening. He may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. Well, I think they're all going to end up together in prison, and maybe that's a good thing. Oh, my God. Okay, it's legitimately virtually every major member of MSNBC and CNN. That was Adam Schiff, of course. You heard Joy Behar at the very end. And this was the conventional wisdom. It is the conventional wisdom was that President Trump was going to do jail time. At the very least, he'd be impeached, that the evidence would come out. People were going nuts over all of this stuff. I mean, for goodness sake, the, the people were selling votive candles of Robert Mueller online, on Etsy, like worship candles of Robert Mueller. SNL did an entire number where they say at Christmas time called All I Want for Christmas is You. And it was a picture of Bob Mueller in the background. Bob Mueller was the deus ex machina. Bob Mueller was the apocalypse come to earth. Bob Mueller was final justice come for President Trump. That's what, that was their case. This is where they were going. And you had high-ranking members of U.S. intelligence, people like John Brennan, the former head of the CIA under Obama, who was there while all of this was going on in 2016. You had John Brennan on MSNBC two weeks ago suggesting that President Trump was headed for jail. Friday is the day that the grand jury indictments come down. And also this Friday is better than next Friday because next Friday is the 15th of March, which is the Ides of March. And I don't think Robert Mueller will want to have that dramatic uh, flair of the Ides of March when he is going to be delivering what I think are going to be his indictments, the final indictments, as well as the report that he gives the attorney general. So if anybody from the Trump family, an extended family, is going to be indicted, it would be in the final act of Mm -hmm. Mueller's investigation. Okay, so this was this was John Brennan. Okay, remember the former head of the CIA, and it was a mess of former intelligence heads saying this sort of stuff. It was Andrew McCabe, the ousted former acting FBI director who was fired for lying to the FBI. You'll recall he lost his pension because he was lying to the FBI about leaking to the media. And just in the last few weeks, he suggested that President Trump. It was quite possible that President Trump was a Russian asset, an active Russian asset. This is Andrew McCabe. Again, this was the former acting FBI director. These are not low-ranking people. These are the heads of our intelligence agencies. These are our talking heads in the media, the people we are supposed to trust the most. Now, Matt Taibbi, who I generally disagree with over at Rolling Stone. He once wrote one of the worst profiles of Andrew Breitbart ever. He wrote a terrible, terrible eulogy of Andrew after he died. But Matt Taibbi has a piece today talking about how this is the media's wor- this is the media's WMD. I think that's an understatement. The media humiliated themselves. Our intelligence agencies, at least the leaders of them, people like James Comey, as we'll see, and Andrew McCabe, humiliated themselves. Here's Andrew McCabe explaining that President Trump may indeed have been a Russian asset. 
I did my job. I stood up to the obligations of my office. When we presented with facts, we made hard decisions, decisions that we knew would be tough on the organization, would be tough on us personally. Look what I've gone through as a result of those decisions. Um, but we did them anyway because we were committed to our responsibilities and serving this country. Do you still believe the president could be a Russian asset? I think it's possible. I think that's why we started our investigation. And I'm really anxious to see where Director Mueller concludes What that. the actual F? And I remember when he said this on the air. I played it on the show the next day. And I said to myself, what? I mean, I said it openly. What is, what is he talking about? How exactly is he upholding any standard of intelligence behavior here? Isn't the proper response, I haven't seen any evidence of that? How is it? It's possible. Yes, it's possible that he descended from the moon. It's possible that President Trump is actually the minion of the Martian, the little Martian from the Warner Brothers cartoons. There, there are lots of things that are possible, but it is your job as the former head of the FBI to maintain the integrity of your institution. That's not what any of these people did. And of course, then there were the people who had a vested interest in this. Then there were the Democrats. You have Hillary Clinton, who legitimately said that President Trump guided the Russians. He provided them a roadmap. The Russians never could have figured out something like Facebook without President Trump, who has never used a computer, basically, <laughs> guiding them around the interwebs. The Russians, in my opinion, and based on the intel and counterintel people I've talked to, could not have known how best to weaponize that information unless they had been guided. And here's a here's guided by Americans, guided by Americans and guided by people who had, you know, polling and data. Who is that? But you're leaning Trump. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm leaning Trump. I think I think it's pretty hard not to. Oh, yeah, of course, it was Trump. It was Trump who stole the election from her. It wasn't that she was a garbage candidate who lost because she ran a garbage campaign to the worst candidate in American history, Donald Trump. I mean, I know that we've created this magical world in which Trump was this world-beating candidate. President Trump had a tape released on him a month before the election in which he said that he was grabbing women by the genitals and then he beat Hillary Clinton. That's how bad a candidate she was. That's why she lost, not because of the Ruskies and not because President Trump was working with Vladimir Putin hand in glove. And, the, and then th this has dripped down to legitimately every level of the Democratic Party. This myth-making has dripped down to every, it's become the conventional wisdom. Beto O'Rourke, yesterday, who will jump on any object he could possibly find. And somebody needs to start an account on Twitter called Beto Jumps on Objects, because that's pretty much what he does at this point. He just goes up to tables, he jumps on them, he goes up to small children, he jumps on them. Well, yesterday he jumped on an object, and then he suggests in front of a crowd that President Trump sought to collude with the Russians beyond the shadow of a doubt. He said this, like, legitimately about two hours before William Barr dropped his letter. You have a president who, in my opinion, beyond the shadow of a doubt, sought to, however ham-handedly, collude with the Russian government, a foreign power, to undermine and influence our elections. Okay, how exactly? Okay, so he says all this, this, and every Democrat has basically echoed this. Maybe President Trump will be impeached on this. Maybe President Trump committed treason. Maybe President Trump was guilty. The entire goal of this was to create a massive shadow over the first couple of years of President Trump's presidency at a very minimum. Time magazine, you'll recall, ran a full cover in which it showed the White House shading into the Kremlin. So halfway across the Time magazine cover, the White House suddenly becomes the Kremlin because the Kremlin is owning and operating the White House. Now, here's the reality. The Kremlin owned and operated the media in the sense that the media did exactly what Vladimir Putin wanted. What Vladimir Putin wanted was to in interfere in the election and then have the media run with whatever narrative they felt was most 
conducive to their point of view and tear the country apart. And they did it. They did it with ease. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't that hard to avoid this error. I forget about being on the, t- taking a strong stand in favor of the idea that this was all a mockery or that this is all nonsense. There was a very easy position available to everyone, right, left, and center. The easy position was, I don't know. That was the easy position because nobody knew, right? I didn't know. Mueller may have come down yesterday or Friday. He could have come down with a report that said precisely the reverse. I didn't know. You didn't know. Nobody knew. Now, there were indicators that this report was not going to be a bombshell. There were indicators that there were members of the intelligence community who hated President Trump. There were indicators that nobody had seriously been indicted in the collusion scandal for collusion. They'd been indicted for lying to the FBI. But you didn't even have to leap to the conclusion that this was all some sort of giant setup to simply say, listen, we can wait for the evidence to come out. Bob Mueller has a record as being a good prosecutor and a decent man. And there's no reason to suspect that he is going to come out and destroy President Trump. I'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about your Second Amendment rights. Attention to all of patriots. This is your last chance to win one of the most popular and advanced 1911s on the market. You see, I've teamed up with the USCCA to give you seven chances to win 1,234 bucks. That is the exact amount you need to buy this very special gun. But it all ends this week. After Friday, March 29th, this gun will be gone. So which 1911 are you winning? Remember, there are, there are the hints. It's, it's lightweight, it's easy to shoot, making it one of the most popular 1911s to carry concealed. It boasts night sights, G10 grips, and comes in a beautiful flat, dark earth finish. You want to see for yourself? Just text the word WIN to 87222 right now to reveal this gun and instantly lock in your seven free chances to win it. Law-abiding citizens should be protected. Text WIN to 87222. It is simple, quick, 100% free, but you need to hurry because the incredible giveaway ends this Friday. As an extra bonus, the first 2,000 people to text in will also be sent a free concealed carry guide just for entering. You should be a member of the USCCA anyway. They have fantastic resources. So text the word WIN to 87222 right now for the official rules. Lock in your seven entries and get your free concealed carry guide now. Before it is too late, text WIN to 87222-WIN to 87222. Okay, so as I say, it was not difficult to take a reasonable position on this particular issue. Now, I understand President Trump was out there saying that Bob Mueller was corrupt, that the entire investigation was corrupt, that it was a witch hunt and all of the rest. And you didn't have to believe that. You also didn't have to believe that the media, that their narrative, that President Trump was a Russian asset like Kevin Costner in No Way Out. You didn't have to believe that either. You know what you could have said? Why don't we just wait? And then the evidence will come out. Now, not to brag or anything, but this was the only reasonable position in all of this. Okay, the the truly reasonable position was, I don't know. I said this to Bill Maher, and Bill Maher couldn't believe it. Do you actually think that Donald Trump colluded with Vladimir Putin? Yes. Do you? You don't? How can you not? Well, I don't think he did it, but his, you know, his son did it. His, his, the people who are, who Mueller is And when the evidence comes out, I'm happy to go for the indictments. I'm fine with the indictments. Okay, great. Criminal activity is criminal activity. But you see what, you see that. I'm not going to attribute to Trump something he didn't do when he's too ignorant to have done it. I'm happy to wait for the Mueller indictments. And if they come down and they target Trump, I'm happy to see him impeached. But But I need to see evidence. Where's the evidence? Mueller is the one who matters here. Not well, but Mueller's not report Sessions. goes Mueller. to the deputy attorney general. And if Trump puts Scott Bayo in that position, <laughs> he can just throw it in the trash. And if he throws it in the trash or quashes the Mueller investigation, then yes, impeachment should be on the table. Okay, so I said all of this stuff, and this was a reasonable position that the left could have taken, but instead they decided to get way out over their skis. Trump was definitely a Russian asset. You heard, you heard, 
Bill Maher say that? And on Friday night, he said the same thing. I don't care what the Russian, I don't care what the report says. This is the way it's going to go. I don't care what the report says. In the end, what matters is that I believe my narrative and my narrative suggests that President Trump is guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. Okay, all of this brings us to the actual bar report. So I'm going to read you the entirety of the bar report. Why? Because you should have access to all of the information before us. You shouldn't be reading the media headlines. You shouldn't be listening to any of the pundits. What you should be doing is listening to the actual words of the bar report. And I will stop and I will explain what exactly the bar report says. So you know everything. Okay, we are still awaiting the full bar release of as much of the Mueller report as he can. But here's the letter that he sent to the heads of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate and in the House. Dear Chairman Graham, Chairman Nadler, Ranking Member Feinstein, and Ranking Member Collins, as a supplement to the notification provided on Friday, March 22, 2019, I am writing today to advise you of the principal conclusions reached by Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller III and to inform you about the status of my initial review of the report he has prepared. Section 1, the Special Counsel's Report. On Friday, the Special Counsel submitted to me a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions he has reached as required by 28 CFR Section 600.8C. This report is entitled Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. Although my review is ongoing, I believe that it is in the public interest to describe the report and to summarize the principal conclusions reached by the special counsel and the results of his investigation. The report explains that the special counsel and his staff thoroughly investigated allegations that members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump and others associated with it conspired with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere in the 2016 U.S. presidential election or sought to obstruct the related federal investigations. In the report, the special counsel noted that in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communications records, issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. That's pretty damn thorough, guys. So you're hearing, one of the arguments you're hearing from the left is, you know what, we need more investigations. We need the House to look into this. The House Judiciary Committee, they can be trusted. Mueller was bought and paid for, guys. Probably this is just William Barr and Trump secretly manipulating behind the scenes. 2,800 subpoenas and 500 witnesses. Pretty sure they talked to everybody. The special counsel obtained a number of indictments and convictions of individuals and entities in connection with this investigation, all of which have been publicly disclosed. During the course of his investigation, the special counsel also referred several matters to other offices for, for further action. The report does not recommend any further indictments, nor did the special counsel obtain any sealed indictments that have yet to be made public. Below, I summarize the principal conclusion set out in the special counsel's report. Drum roll, please. Section two, Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The special counsel's report is divided into two parts, writes William Barr, the attorney general. The first describes the results of the special counsel's investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The report outlines the Russian effort to influence the election and documents crimes committed by persons associated with the Russian government in connection with those efforts. The report further explains that a primary consideration for the special counsel's investigation was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russian conspiracies to influence the election, which would be a federal crime. The special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia 
in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Period. End of paragraph. Guys, that's a no on the collusion. That's a clear statement of no. Now, are the media accepting this? No, of course not. The media are suggesting that maybe Barr is shading the results here. Maybe there's something nefarious going on. That's one of my favorite arguments, is that Barr is somehow lying about what Mueller actually turned into him. I will remind you, I will remind you that Robert Mueller forcefully came out and denounced a BuzzFeed story that lied about what the investigation was going to find. So he is not shy. If it turns out that Barr is lying, we would have known that already. The report continues. As the report states, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Now, the way that the left is reading this is they are saying that if the investigation did not establish it, then maybe there were some indicators that maybe they were trying or something like that. Okay, here's the reality. If Bob Mueller had been unsure about this conclusion, if he had thought that there was evidence that could have gone either way sufficient to sustain a prosecution, then Bob Mueller would have written that because that is what he wrote about obstruction of justice. But that is not what he wrote when it came to Russian collusion. The special counsel's investigation determined that there were two main Russian efforts to influence the 2016 election. The first involved attempts by a Russian organization, the Internet Research Agency, the IRA, to conduct disinformation and social media operations in the United States designed to sow social discord, eventually with the aim of interfering with the election. As noted above, the special counsel did not find that any U.S. person or Trump campaign official or associate conspired or knowingly coordinated with the IRA in its efforts, although the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian nationals and entities in connection with these activities. The second element involved in the Russian government's efforts to conduct computer hacking operations designed to gather and disseminate information to influence the election. This is the hack on John Podesta and the DNC. The special counsel found that Russian government actors successfully hacked into computers and obtained emails from persons affiliated with the Clinton campaign and Democratic Party organizations and publicly disseminated those materials through various intermediaries, including WikiLeaks. Based on these activities, the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian military officers for conspiring to hack into computers in the United States for purposes of influencing the election. But as noted above, the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. That presumably would be a reference to the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting. There's a footnote here. It says, in assessing potential conspiracy charges, the special counsel also considered whether members of the Trump campaign coordinated with Russian election interference activities. The special counsel defined coordination as an agreement, tacit or express, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. In other words, there was no secret deal. No secret deal. Headline number one, no collusion. Just didn't exist. No collusion. Okay, in one second, we're going to get to the second issue, obstruction of justice. And I'll explain how the media are even now trying to fib about this one because they simply can't accept the L. Take the L, guys. It's pretty obvious what you did here. Okay, in a second, we'll get to that first. You've heard me talk about how Ring is reinventing home security with doorbells, cameras, even an alarm you can install yourself. Now they are reinventing the Neighborhood Watch with a new app they created. It's called Neighbors by Ring. You remember the Neighborhood Watch. It's been around for a while. I remember it growing up. It's still a big thing. People care about making their neighborhood safer and it benefits everybody. So Ring, a company synonymous with reinventing home security, reinvented the Neighborhood Watch. They have something called the Neighbors app. It's like the new Neighborhood Watch on your phone. People taking stuff off porches, trying doorknobs late at night. 
missing dogs. The Neighbors app sends real-time notifications to your phone whenever one of your neighbors posts a heads up about something that's going on, and it helps keep you informed, helps you keep watch on your property, on your stuff. The Neighbors app by Ring is completely free. Anyone can join, even if you don't own a Ring device. I've looked through the Neighbors app, and you're kind of astounded to see the crime that's taking place in your neighborhood. And that allows you sort of a heads up as to, as to how to keep an eye on your property. I saw one video actually this morning. Somebody in my area is going around and clipping gas pipes to steal gas from people. I mean, it's just bizarre world. We're living in a world where you should be aware of your surroundings and aware of your neighborhood. And that's what the neighborhood app does. You got to check it out yourself. The easiest way to get, to, to get it is going to ring.com slash Shapiro. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. Again, that's ring.com slash Shapiro. Ring.com slash Shapiro. Go check it out right now. I love all the Ring products, and this is a great new app. Neighbors app from ring.com slash Shapiro. You don't even have to be a member of Ring to get the app. Ring.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so the report from William Barr continues on obstruction of justice. The report's second part addresses a number of actions by the president, most of which have been the subject of public reporting that the special counsel investigated as potentially raising obstruction of justice concerns. After making a thorough factual investigation into these matters, the special counsel considered whether to evaluate the conduct under department standards governing prosecution and declination decisions, but ultimately determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. So the special counsel did not say we declined to prosecute or he should be prosecuted. Instead, he said, listen, I don't know. I don't know. It's all public. If this is impeachable stuff, go for it. If not, then not. But it's hard to imagine there's an impeachment for obstruction when there's no underlying crime. What exactly would Trump have been trying to obstruct? Again, one of my contentions the entire time is that Bob Mueller was not obstructed by President Trump. James Comey admitted that the investigation was not obstructed by President Trump. Trump tweeting random crap out there does not constitute obstruction. We've covered this at length on the show. Instead, says Barr, for each of the relevant actions investigated, the report sets out evidence on both sides of the question and leaves unresolved what, unresolved what the special counsel views as difficult issues of law and fact concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. The special counsel states that, quote, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. And this is the line that the media have been focusing in on. Ooh, it doesn't exonerate him. It doesn't exonerate him. So that means that even if he didn't commit a crime, maybe he's guilty of something. Okay, now here's the reality. We all know what President Trump did here. President Trump put pressure publicly on the Mueller investigation, but behind closed doors, he didn't actually stop anything having to do with the Mueller investigation. Him fulminating on Twitter does not amount to obstruction. Him telling people internally that he'd like to fire Bob Mueller does not, it does not amount to obstruction. Him talking about how he'd like this investigation to end. Him talking about how he fired James Comey because he was ticked off at the whole thing. None of that amounts to obstruction. So that is controversial, but it is not controversial from a legal point of view. If Mueller thought that this was an open and shut obstruction case, then he would presumably have recommended charging for obstruction. And a bunch of people on the left saying, well, you can't charge a president with obstruction. That's what he's really saying, that if he weren't president, he'd be charging him with obstruction. That's not what Barr says. What Barr says is that the report does not conclude that the president committed a crime. It doesn't exonerate him because you can't exonerate in a case of sort of public view. What's hilarious about all of this is people saying, well, you know, the president shouldn't be exonerated because obstruction of justice I mean, that even amounts to the president not wanting to talk to Mueller. No, that's called like a normal legal defense. As a lawyer, the first rule is shut your client up. I've been saying this about Rudy Giuliani since the very beginning. Dude, get your guy to shut up. 
The special counsel's decision to describe the facts of his obstruction investigation without reaching any legal conclusions leads it to the attorney general to determine whether the conduct described in the report constitutes a crime. This is the normal way things work. Now, people are saying, oh, well, William Barr stepped in and shut down the possibility of, a, of an investigation, shut down the possibility of a charge here. You know why? Because that's the DOJ's job. You know what you're not supposed to do is what James Comey did with Hillary Clinton. What he should have done is what Mueller did here. He should have said, here are all the facts, laying them out. Now it's up to you, Loretta Lynch. And if you want to shut this thing down, then it's on your head. Well, the same thing happened here for Mueller. Over the course of the investigation, the special counsel's office engaged in discussions with certain department officials regarding many of the legal and factual matters at issue in the special counsel's obstruction investigation. After reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with department officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Now, remember, this is Rosenstein going along with this, too. President Trump's been ripping on Rosenstein. So is the implication here that both Barr and Rosenstein are compromised? As you'll see, the media say yes. Our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president. In other words, it, it has nothing to do with he's the president, so he can't obstruct justice. This is just not obstruction of justice, is what Barr is saying. In making this determination, we, note, we noted that the special counsel recognized that the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to Russian election interference, so hard to obstruct an investigation into a crime that doesn't exist. And that while not determinative, the absence of such evidence bears upon the president's intent with respect to obstruction. Generally speaking, to obtain and sustain an obstruction conviction, the government would need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a person acting with corrupt intent, intent is an element of the crime and obstruction, engaged in obstructive conduct with a sufficient nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding. Right? That is the state of the law. I've described it multiple times on the show. In cataloging the president's actions, many of which took place in public view, the report identifies no actions that, in our judgment, constitute obstructive conduct, had a nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding, and were done with corrupt intent, each of which, under the department's principles of federal prosecution, guiding charging decisions, would need to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to establish an obstruction of justice offense. In other words, President Trump says a lot of crap. That's, what that, that's the short version. Trump says a lot of crap. And because he says a lot of crap, we can't just say he's exonerated on this. But we also are not going to charge him for saying a lot of crap because saying a lot of crap, it ain't a crime. Okay, final section of this report from William Barr. The stat status of the department's review. The relevant regulations contemplate that the special counsel's report will be a confidential report to the attorney general. As I have previously stated, however, I am mindful of the public interest in this matter. For that reason, my goal and intent is to release as much of the special counsel's report as I can, consistent with applicable law, regulations, and departmental policies. Based on my discussions with the special counsel and my initial review, it is apparent that the report contains material that is or could be subject to fe Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 6E, which imposes restrictions on the use and disclosure of information relating to matters occurring before a grand jury. Rule 6E generally limits disclosure of certain grand jury information in a criminal investigation and prosecution. Disclosure of 6E material beyond the strict limits set forth in the rule is a crime in certain circumstances. In other words, I can't just PDF the whole report and put it online. That's a violation of the basic rules of criminal procedure. This restriction protects the integrity of grand jury proceedings and ensures that the unique and invaluable investigative powers of a grand jury are used strictly for their intended criminal justice function. Given these restrictions, the schedule for processing the report depends in part on how quickly the department can identify the 6E material that by law cannot be made public. I have requested the assistance of the special counsel in identifying all 6E information contained in the report as quickly as possible. In other words, he's going to ask Bob Mueller what he's allowed to reveal. 
So again, this is not Barr trying to redact crap he can't redact. Separately, I also must identify any information that could impact other ongoing matters, including those that the special counsel has referred to other offices. As soon as that process is complete, I will be in a position to move forward expeditiously in determining what can be released in light of applicable law, regulations, and departmental policies. As I observed in my initial notification, the special counsel regulations provide that the attorney general may determine that public release of notifications to your respective committees would be in the public interest. I have so determined, and I will disclose this letter to the public after delivering it to you. Sincerely, William Barr, attorney general. Okay, that's the entirety of the letter. So you have now heard it from beginning to end. So now you can make up your own mind on what the media are telling you about all of this. Suffice it to say, my belief is that the media are deliberately attempting to shade this report because they humiliated themselves. There's not just egg on their face. They went to a chicken farm. They took every egg in the chicken farm. They shattered it over their own head. The egg covers them to the extent that they are now up to their nose in egg. And yet the media are going to continue to pretend that this was all done on the up and up, that they handled this exactly right. We're going to get to President Trump's reaction to all of this in just a second. Plus, I do want to discuss the blowback that should take place, not just in the media, not just people who should sit down for a while and and have a big think on what exactly they did here. But also there should be blowback in terms of presumably members of the government if sufficient evidence can be shown that this was done with bad faith, that it wasn't just stupidity and confirmation bias. Now, my tendency is to believe that members of the government, like everyone else, is just dumb. That stupidity governs. And that everybody who was involved in this thing got caught up in the wave of emotion. They didn't like President Trump. And then they let that confirmation bias shape the nature of this investigation. Is that criminal? Doubt it. But does it demonstrate once again that our intelligence agents are humans, made up of humans, and subject to the same flaws and failings as other humans? You bet. But here's the deal. The same people who were complaining yesterday about Bob Mueller being a corrupt guy, I don't think you can trust them on these issues either. Bob Mueller did what he was supposed to do. Here's who you can't trust. The media, who said that it was a foregone conclusion that President Trump was going to jail, and the people who were saying for years that Bob Mueller was a corrupt person who was simply going to get President Trump using the powers of his office. Both of those things have proved not to be true. Okay, we're going to get to President Trump's reaction to all this, which was indeed hysterically funny. We'll get to all that in just a second. First, you have to go over to dailywire.com and subscribe. For $9.99 a month, you can get a subscription to dailywire.com. When you do, you get the rest of this show live and two additional hours of this show in the afternoon. This afternoon, I'm actually off. I have to have a quick medical thing done. But if you go check out dailywire.com, you get two extra live hours of the show every day. You get the show on demand, commercial free. So many great things. Plus, when you get the annual subscription for $99 a year, you get this, the very greatest in beverage vessels, the leftist tiers, hot or cold tumbler. These vessels are all over the country. I mean, tens of thousands of them are all over the United States. Last night, there was actually breaking news that they were creating a flood warning across the United States in the wake of Barr's letter, this leftist year's hot or cold mug. I mean, people didn't know. It was just like flowing right at, I mean, people were were losing their hardwood floors. It was crazy. But the good news is that the mugs work really well. So go check them out. The leftist year's hot or cold tumbler. Check that out. You get that with your annual subscription. I will also remind you that my book, The Right Side of History, is still on sale everywhere. It is still the number one nonfiction book on Amazon. It has been for nearly a week. It is still the number one nonfiction book, new nonfiction book on Barnes & Noble. So please help keep it going. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's an important book. So, so go check that out right now. Also check us out at YouTube or iTunes. We have great new Sunday specials coming out. Those become Saturday specials when you are a subscriber. We are the fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. <laughs> Alrighty, so President Trump reacts to all of this, and I have to say, this was the best Trump 
ever. I mean, this is like high, this is grade A++ Trump. So yesterday, yesterday morning, I wake up and I notice that President Trump has tweeted and he hasn't tweeted for a couple of days. And I thought, oh, here we go. What had he tweeted? He tweeted, good morning, have a great day. That's what he tweeted. And the media lost their poop. They went totally crazy. And you're like, oh, what does this mean? Well, this means that he's a cruel, evil man. People will die. Cory Booker started running around screaming about how children were going to die. I mean, it was, it was, it was just great. And everybody's going crazy over him saying, good morning, have a great day. It was just, I mean, that is some high-level trollery. It's, it's, it's spectacular. Then, later in the day, he tweeted this out. He tweeted, make America great again. He tweeted that out. It was like one minute later. So, have a great day and make America great again. Everybody's like, the Krasenstein brothers, are, their heads are exploding. The pod bros, like, oh my God, this is the worst. He said, America's going to be great and also have a great day. Obviously, nefarious things are afoot. And then later in the day, after the bar report drops, he writes, no collusion, no obstruction, complete and total exoneration. Keep America great. Now, technically, he is correct, of course, about no collusion. On no obstruction, he is correct as well. Complete and total exoneration, not totally correct, simply because the Mueller report didn't say that they would exonerate on obstruction. But it is very difficult to exonerate on obstruction in a case where the president has publicly talked about how much he hates an investigation. You, know, you can't really exonerate on that basis, but you can say not enough material to charge which is a difference in American law. So President Trump does all that. And then President Trump finally speaks to the press late yesterday afternoon. And he says, you know what? I love America. This place, unbelievable. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. The greatest place on earth. Thank you very much. <laughs> and look, the dude's been put under the knife for two years on this nonsense. Two years. And I, I know, listen, I know people in the Trump administration who were interviewed by the Mueller folks. I know people who had to have a lawyer up on the basis of this, who were put through long, long hearings on all of this. And it turned out to be nothing and stupidity for the most part. And not for the most part, just ultimately just stupidity. Yes, they get to take a victory lap today. Now, Politico, I ha it's just amazing. Politico responds to this with this headline. You ready? After the nearly two-year investigation found no collusion or clear obstruction of justice, Trump and his aides showed little interest in healing or national unity. Really? So if I accuse you of being a traitor for two years, and then it turns out that you're not a traitor, the headline's going to be that you're mad about it? That's the headline? Really? Well, President Trump wasn't done. He said, listen, this is an illegal takedown that failed. Now, Here's where we get into the question of what happens next. There's been some talk on the right about we should go after and prosecute people who are members of the FBI. Well, then we have to look at the criminal standards the same way we did for President Trump. Did they commit a crime? Was it a crime for the FBI to get out over its skis? Was it a crime for them to investigate without convicting people for not committing crimes? In other words, was an investigation that was founded on flimsy rumors, is that criminal in and of itself? Should people go to jail for that sort of thing? Or was it an investigation that was founded on rumors that had to be taken seriously, at least at the time, and then it sort of grew based on the stupidity and confirmation bias of people who didn't like President Trump? Is any of that criminal? And if it's not criminal, then maybe this speaks to what kind of power the intelligence agencies should have overall because they are staffed with human beings. Confirmation bias, very dangerous drug, and that is particularly true when the government has enormous power. Here's President Trump, though, saying that the, the investigation was an illegal takedown that failed. It was a complete and total exoneration. It's a shame 
that our country had to go through this. To be honest, it's a shame that your president has had to go through this for before I even got elected. It began. And it began illegally. And hopefully somebody's going to look at the other side. This was an illegal takedown that failed. Okay, so we will find out whether it was an illegal takedown that failed. Again, I think it's easy to jump the track here and suggest that what needs to happen now is an investigation into Fusion GPS, that maybe Fusion GPS should be prosecuted for leaking material to the FBI. It's the FBI's job to check out the material. If you make a police report, and that police report is based on evidence that is not put out there necessarily falsely, but is just rumor mongering, it is the police's report, it's the police's job to differentiate between false and truth, truthity and, and truthfulness. The, the people who obviously blew this are the members of the FBI and the members of the media. Yeah, again, I think Oppo Research being turned over to the FBI and the DOJ, I'm not sure that's quite the same thing. But again, I'd like to investigate the legal issues and take a look at that before I make a final conclusion. I will withhold judgment. Meanwhile, the leftist reaction to this is absolute disbelief. I mean, legitimate disbelief. They cannot believe. They thought for sure this was Robert Mueller was the second coming. He was going to descend from heaven and he was going to tap President Trump on the shoulder and President Trump was going to disappear as though Thanos had snapped his fingers. He's just going to turn into a bowl of ash. Well, that didn't happen. And the Democrats were having none of it. Here was Sheila Jackson Lee saying that she simply doesn't accept the findings. So, I mean, that's important because obviously we need Sheila Jackson Lee to accept the findings because nothing. I mean, do you believe Robert Mueller when he writes that there was no collusion? I mean, do you accept that conclusion? Uh, I think what I accept is that uh, uh, Robert Mueller did a very thorough job uh, and he has made the uh, assessment uh, that there was no collusion. Again, that is not uh, a legal term. It's conspiracy. Uh, but his decision was based on uh, a whole number of factors and investigations. And what I am saying is we in uh, the Judiciary Committee want to review those documents. Okay, so this is going to be the Democratic take is we don't believe Barr. Barr is now the obstacle. So Mueller probably said there was collusion. But Barb is the one who shut it down. Now, obviously, that is untrue. Obviously, if Mueller felt that he was being big-footed here, he would say something about it. He did when BuzzFeed tried to do the same thing. But this is the new going theory. So the Democrats are now shifting the goalposts. The goalposts are now that it is not necessary that he was involved in collusion. Maybe it was obstruction. And also, we're not going to go with the findings of the Mueller report. Now we want to see the underlying material. So Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, he says the real question is, is he compromised? We know he's not. We just got the report, dude. But I guess they're still going to run with this nonsense. We, we know, in addition to the fact that the Russians tried to uh, meddle, they did meddle in our investigation. We, we know that his campaign manager, his deputy campaign manager, his, his lawyer, uh, Papadopoulos, uh, Stone, all of these people were having contact. And so the, the question for me that remains is, was he compromised? Why did he say that he believes Putin over the intelligence community? Why did he talk about leaving NATO? Things that put our national security at jeopardy. Why doesn't he release his tax returns? Why were they so hellbent on uh, getting that uh, Trump Tower in Moscow? Okay, all of this conspiracy theory garbage is just that, conspiracy theory garbage. You want to know why President Trump said what he said about Vladimir Putin? Two things. He was offended by the entire Russian investigation, and also he likes anybody who compliments him. End of story. I've been saying that for legitimately years at this point. This is not a giant secret, but the media are not going to let go of this. The Democrats are not going to let go of this. They're going to suggest that now Mueller 
must have been compromised, or maybe they would have drawn a different conclusion if they saw the underlying materials. Here's Maxine Waters, who is just not a smart human being, suggesting on Joy Reid's show that it's not over. It's not over, guys. It's not over. I mean, she's, she's basically doing the routine from Dreamgirls. I'm telling you, I'm not going. No, 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 I, no, no. They're going to drag her away screaming. Here is Maxine Waters. This is not the end of anything. This is the, well, it's the end of the report and the investigation by Mueller. But those of us who chair these committees have a responsibility to continue with our oversight because there's so much uh, that needs to be, uh, you know, taken a look at at this point. And so it's, it's not the end of everything. Oh, it's not the end of everything. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you guys are going to keep doing this for the next couple of years because you lied to your base. That's the problem here. You guys went over your skis and you lied to your base. You said your base that he was going to leave. He was going to be impeached based on the Russian collusion stuff. They were out there worshiping Mueller. And it turns out that Mueller did not give them what they wanted. And now Mueller will be thrown in the garbage can. So the leftist reaction again has been that maybe there's a cover up. My favorite, the, the best response came courtesy of James Comey. You'll recall that self-aggrandizing twerp Comey the former head of the FBI, who was just incompetent at his job in every possible way. And then President Trump fired him. And then he suggested without evidence that President Trump was somehow basically responsible for for Russian collusion. He took a picture of himself, I kid you not, in the woods. He went to the woods and took a picture of himself, I guess, on the moon of Endor. And just staring up into the trees with the caption, so many questions. Yeah, you know what? We do have some questions. James, we, we do have some questions like, why was this investigation initiated in the first place? Was it done so on a solid basis? Was it continued on the basis of new additional evidence that was corroborating? Or was this whole thing basically just a bunch of people who didn't like Trump who decided that they were going to continue an investigation into a nonsense charge from the very beginning? Is that really what was going on here? And we'll find all of that out. We'll find out whether it's criminal. There are going to be questions asked about this as well. There should be. There should be questions asked about this. Are there criminal charges? I say, I don't know. I'll withhold evidence on that. But come on, come on. The leftist reaction has been utter hysteria. Joy Reid on MSNBC, she said, well, you know, maybe it's a cover up. Maybe it's a cover up. Maybe Barr is just covering it up. The fact that this investigation takes place within the Justice Department, which Donald Trump essentially controls, and that he got rid of the problem, Jeff Sessions, who the one decent thing that he did was just recuse himself. Mm -hmm. um, This guy is not recused. It feels like the seeds of a cover-up are here. Oh, uh, without any, you know, more speculation will probably fix it, media. Keep going with this. More rampant, stupid speculation will probably shore up your reputations now that they are in absolute flames. You doused yourself in gasoline and lit a match. That's what you did. My favorite are the tweets from the people in Hollywood who, again, know nothing about politics and so are more hysterical than anyone. These These are the people... In the, in the Jim Jones media cults who are legitimately drinking the Kool-Aid. People like Bette Midler, who tweeted this out. Mueller's report finds no evidence showing Trump's team collusion with Russia, but stops short of exonerating Trump on obstruction of justice. Knowing Trump, he probably tried to do exactly that. Two more years of chaos, race-baiting, grifters, con artists, shame and fear. Sad. Knowing Trump, he probably tried to do exactly that. Really? Do you, do you know Trump? Or were you saying for years that he colluded with the Russians? How about Rob Reiner? whose last good movie was Princess Bride. The fight for our democracy is about to intensify. The GOP cult is lining up behind a criminal autocrat. Is there any, impl- like, where's the criminality here? Have you, have you shown some proof yet? Like, that would be, that'd be good. How about, how about some of that? You got John Cryer from Two and a Half Men, who is tweeting out, this is why Trump appointed Barr, because to cover up, cover up, cover up. And then there's George Takei. Oh my, 
If William Barr summarized Romeo and Juliet, he'd probably say that Romeo murdered Juliet's cousin, was banished for it, and is now dead. Let's wait to hear the full story. Yeah, it's probably that Barr is just blowing the findings, even though he's going to release the vast majority of this stuff. The best, the best reaction, though, was reserved for media watchdog Brian Stelter over at CNN. Now, I've been on Brian's show. Seems like a nice guy, but this is crazy stuff. Here's Brian Stelter suggesting, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have done so much speculation, but speculation has value too, guys. It really does. There is a big difference. There is a big difference between news and opinion. And I realize it can be hard to tune out all the noise and just tune into the news these days. But if I had to pick speculation or solid reporting, I would pick solid reporting in a second. I bet you would too. Reporting is what adds the most value. Finding out something new, putting out new information into the world is the best feeling in journalism. It's the greatest value add. That's what hundreds of journalists have been doing, trying to solve pieces of this Trump-Russia puzzle. But here's the thing, speculation actually has value too. It helps open our eyes, helps open our minds to what's possible. Okay, so it's, uh, speculation helps us. That's what it is. It's just mind expanding, guys. That's all we were trying to do was expand minds. When we were on Chiron's, for two years about how Trump was lying about Russian collusion. And then in parentheses, Trump would say, no collusion, in parentheses, hasn't been proved. Now I'd like to see CNN run a Chiron that says, CNN for two years ran with collusion. It never happened, in parentheses. Man, they humiliated themselves and they deserve every bit of the blowback they are going to get from the American public and, and from other members of the media and from every, I mean, it's just, what a botched job. What a botched job for two years years. Full, full craziness. Okay. Time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like, there's a, a movie that was nominated for, was it nominated for best picture? I don't think so. I think it was nominated for best screenplay. Uh, it was, it, was, it won best foreign picture. And the movie is called Cold War. It's basically about a love affair in, in Cold War, Poland. It's, it's a, it is a good movie. The, the basic notion of the movie is that there is this guy who is the head of the music program in Poland. He falls in love with one of the women who, he, who is part of his act. He defects to the West. She follows him. And then it's about their romance in the middle of, of the Cold War. The underlying unease with the film, of course, is really not about their relationship. It's about the fact that whenever they're in the West, their relationship seems to fall apart. Whenever they are, whenever they are in the East, meaning in Poland, when they're, when they're on the other side of the Berlin Wall, then their relationship seems to solidify. But that is simply because of the pressures on them. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of fascinating that way. Here is a little bit of the preview. It is a foreign language film, so I'm not going to play too much of it. So she's a jazz singer. He is a jazz arranger. And uh, it is, it's, it's an effective movie. It's an effective film. It has some things to say about the nature of communism. And it also has something to say about the nature of human relationships and whether a relationship is really solid if it can't maintain itself when there aren't outside pressures on it. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So many things that I hate today. Many a thing that I hate. So thing number one that I hate. In the aftermath of the New Zealand shootings, as we already know, there was a move to ban guns, essentially, in, in New Zealand. There was going to be a full-scale attempt to seize semi-automatic weapons. But that was not the only violation of freedoms in New Zealand. This is why knee-jerk responses to tragedy are usually a bad idea. According to USA Today, the chief censor of New Zealand. Now, first of all, why do they have a chief censor in New Zealand? Does that seem like a, a free speech thing to you, to have a chief censor? How would you like to have a chief censor in the United States? Does that sound like a good idea or a bad idea? 
It's funny. I'm not seeing members of the left going, in New Zealand, they can just ban speech. Why can't we do that here? I mean, they take shooting seriously over there. They just ban things. It's so funny. The same people on the left who say, you know, when it comes to the Second Amendment, you know, why look at New Zealand. It's just great. They can summarily ban guns. Not seeing the same sort of reaction when it comes to banning speech. Their chief censor has banned the 74-page manifesto written and released by the evil piece of crap who slaughtered 50 people at two mosques in the city of Christchurch. The ban was issued on Saturday. It means that anyone caught with the document on their computer could face up to 10 years in prison. Anyone caught sending it could face 14 years in prison. Now, I've encouraged people not to read the manifesto because I don't think that this guy's evil ideas should spread. And I've encouraged people not to use his name. Do I think somebody should go to jail for 10 years for having the document on their computer? I mean, hell, I've got the document on my computer because I had to read it to cover it for the show. I have the document on my computer because I had to actually read it so that I knew what exactly the media were saying about it and whether it was true or not. 10 years in prison for having a document on your computer? How in the world is that a proper response to an act of evil? Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, my goodness. Turns out the same people who want to ban guns in some cases are fine with banning speech. That is, that is insane. That is insane. It's, a, it's an evil manifesto filled with evil. Should you ban it? Of course you shouldn't ban it. That's crazy. Okay, other things that I hate. So I, I would just like to point out that, that our moral betters in Hollywood are not actually our moral betters. A lot of them are uh, kind of garbage people. One of these garbage people is Barbara Streisand. So Barbara Streisand was talking with a, a British newspaper, The Times of London, and she was asked about Wade Robeson and James Safechuck, who are the two main subjects of the HBO documentary Leaving Neverland about Michael Jackson allegedly molesting children. She said, quote, that they were thrilled to be there as children and whatever happened to them, quote unquote, didn't kill them. She said she believes the victim's claims, but felt bad for both them and Jackson, adding, quote, that Jackson's sexual needs were his sexual needs and that the blame should lie with the boys' parents. Now, I do not disagree that the boys' parents carry a hell of a lot of blame, but what the actual, really? That they were happy to be there? They were thrilled to be there and his sexual needs were his sexual needs? Now, she was good friends with, with Michael Jackson. This just goes to show you once again, confirmation bias. Wow, what a hell of a drug. You start to just, you start to basically slough off actual child molestation. She said, you can say molested, but those children, as you heard, they were thrilled to be there. They both married. They both have children, so it didn't kill them. She said, I feel bad for the children. I feel bad for him, I, bl I guess. I, I blame the parents who would allow their children to sleep with him. Why would Michael need those little children dressed like him and in the shoes and in the dancing and the hats? Man, how she continues to have a job after that. Now, as I've said, I'm not in favor of people losing their jobs for old things they say, old things that they say. But if you're buying a Barbara Streisand album after she says something like that, I got to say, I'm not sure what's going through your head. Pretty wild, but don't worry. The people in Hollywood, those are the people we should trust with, uh, with deciding our morals. These are, these are the folks who, who really, I think, ought to lean on heavily when it comes to making our moral decisions. Okay. Final thing that I hate. So Ilhan Omar spoke at a CARE event, an event sponsored by the Council on American Islamic Relations, an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation terror trial. And at this event, again, sponsored by a group that has connections to terrorism, she suggested that she didn't care about the pro-Israel protesters outside. She didn't care what they had to say. What they really had to say is stopping an anti-Semite. Of course she doesn't care what they have to say because she's an anti-Semite. I know, I know many of them drove miles to get here. 
spent a lot of energy and resources and money to purchase the signs that they have. But I don't think any of them realize that people like myself and many of the people in this room can care less about what they have to say. Yeah, we, we know that. We, we know you don't care. When it comes to anti-Semitism, you don't care. And the Democratic Party went along with that. So that is not a shock in any way, shape, or form. Okay, well, normally we'd be back for two hours later today. We do have a guest host later today, so if you want more material, go check that out later today. Uh, I will be back here with you tomorrow. We will break down everything. We'll have three hours long. You should go subscribe. Please pick up a copy of my book, The Right Side of History. I think it's an important book. I think it's, it's got some depth to it, if I do say so myself. So go check that out right now. It is surging up the bestseller chart. Still the number one nonfiction bestselling book in the United States, according to both Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So go check that out right now. We really appreciate it. And we will see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. Well, Robert Mueller and Donald Trump agree there is no collusion. We'll talk about it on The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.